The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 40.5 Supplemental. Battle for Salvation Underworlds podcast after dark, I guess. How's it going? We're ready to uh, go. I'm Max Ber- uh, we're ready to go. I'm Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. So it, we just finished the Canaan's Reapers thing with Derek, and we decided that we're going to go over the universals together, just me and Randall, like we've been doing. But we're also going to add in the Silent Menace stuff because we haven't done that stuff yet. And so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a kind of double supplemental. Double feature. Double supplemental. I promise not to put the word bro into all of the names. Yeah, that was pretty annoying. <laughs> well, I was, you know, when in Rome. Yeah, I guess so. Let's okay. jump in. So let's just jump into it. I mean, seriously, let's get this. Canaan's okay. uh, Reaper's ready Objectives. Universal. So we're going to talk about, uh, where is it? Oh no, I lost it. It's called Formidable Prey. Yes. And it says it says hybrid score this in an end phase if one or more surviving friendly fighters each have two or more upgrades that give them the quarry keyword, or one or more surviving friendly fighters each have a wounds characteristic of six plus and are a quarry. Becoming a quarry is really good in the game right now. And much more accessible than it was last season. Sure. Yeah, they added a lot of quarry stuff. And Absolutely. This is nice because it's good if you give your little guy, you know, your supporting guys quarry to juice them up a little bit or if you're giving your one huge guy quarry and either he starts with six wounds or you give him more wounds. With all the silent relics, there's all the silent relics all make you a quarry too, so. Yeah, augmented limbs does it. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that does it. There's a lot of good upgrades that make you a quarry that you're going to use anyway, and then you could potentially score one glory in the end phase by giving them out, by playing them. It's not a lot of a return, but it is pretty reliable. Yep. So what's next? we got Futile Hunt. Futile Hunt is a surge hybrid. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action in which they take an enemy fighter out of action if the friendly fighter is a quarry or the target had one or more hunger counters. Okay, so, so you kill so you make or... your guy into a quarry and then you kill something and you get a surge. Or maybe you happen to be playing vampires. You're playing against vampires, yeah. Right. I mean the quarry thing is the thing that's gonna happen. And yep. for the same reason that formidable prey. Yeah. Now this it, this it, is it, a little weird because you can't really get it right away in the game. You have to have like the quarry upgrades out usually unless you're playing like Slake Slash or the something. Titan of Chitin, yeah. Yeah. Or Oda Paddle. Yep, and they're not like, sure. yeah, I don't know. So you you do need upgrades that go with this, so it's not like s- super reliable all the time, but it's good. It's good enough. Yeah, especially later in the game, second, second, third round. Yep. The next one that we liked was one called, not that we liked, we just thought it had some use, 
is one called Peerless Hunter. Peerless Hunter is a duel. Score this in the end phase if one or more surviving friendly hunters have ensnare and or cleave on one of their attack actions and you have the primacy token. So a lot of hunters okay. like maybe they when they get inspired they they just automatically get ensnare and cleave. I, I think that's Soul Raid round two. Pretty good because oh yeah, Soul Raid because they they are they are hunters cleave, and yeah. they get in cleave or ensnare when they're inspired. Yeah, it's it's not super. It, plus, you have to have the primacy token, so it, it's not like an easy thing to do. And we're not saying this is a great card, but I think that in certain situations where you are playing aggro and you happen to have hunters and they happen to have ensnare or cleave, this this exists. Mm -hmm. There might be better stuff out there, so I think it's kind of like a bubble card. But maybe. Maybe it's good. We'll play with it. It's not super strong. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stipulations, and it's one glory in the end phase too. Yeah, they're all kind of easy individually. It's just kind of like difficult to get all three of them to happen at once. Mm -hmm. So that's that one, and then and then the the last one, the last objective we thought has a little bit of uh, play is scant resources. Scant resources says hybrid score this in nn phase if all objectives are held or each player has no unspent glory points right so this is not amazing however uh if you think about it it's two in it's two in an end phase any end phase and you have to remember that when season five comes around you know the feed the beast grave disappears and coveted spoils disappears. So it might be that this is your way to do that. Yeah. If that's a thing you want to do. So not saying it's amazing, but you might find a little bit of play with it in the new season, especially early on. Yeah. And this is also interesting. Like if you go first, right? Like if you, if like, let's say you go first in the first round and then you score first and your opponent like hasn't scored anything until it's their end phase scoring. Oh, and you can make sure you all your it. stuff is, yeah. It's and it's like two. Before. That's interesting. So if interesting. you can get a cheesy yeah. turn one, if you can get a cheesy turn one, you know, you go first and your opponent doesn't score anything during the round or they they score like a surge and then put an upgrade out. Yeah. And then you Not score, and then you, you lay this card down before they get to score anything, then you I get don't a think it's two glory boost right in the beginning. I don't think it's like super manufacturable to do that. I think it's like more the the all objectives are held thing. There's a lot of stuff that flips objectives from season four. I think that that's more what what we're talking about. Um, especially if you have a a warman that likes to stand on things like lizard men or something like that. Um, I think it's more that. But I can see I can see like yeah, you're right. Like a cheesy score in the first round kind of thing i i see what you're saying or you so daylight just, robbery I, I them it's more about the objectives thing what's that give them the old daylight robbery kind of yeah you could do that Ugh. all right anyway uh that's all we saw for the canaan's reapers for the objectives we're gonna move on to the gambits uh carnivores all i was using this one carnivores all is a gambit that says Starting with you, each player can choose one or more fighters from their warband. Give each chosen fighter one hunger counter. Each fighter with two or more hunger counters is a hunter, and this effect persists until the end of the round. So you like this so, in your vampire? You give yeah, just you, the bloodthirst vampire. You build. just give a give a guy a hunger. 
auto auto include yep that's all you that's all you really want in the you know trading one card for a hunger counter agreed oh it's no sorry you you give it to each each chosen yeah yeah so you give it to everybody yeah yeah yeah, there was there was an instance where i got everybody bloodthirsted in the first activation after the power step playing this and there's another card that does an energy drain if you can manufacture that so i had 12 hunger counters after activation one so and then if you have four like if each person has one Mm-hmm. Then you then you can score a bunch of other cards too. You can yeah, score a bunch of other ones involving yeah. Well, or yeah, I mean, you, I think I think you need to have at least. I think it's like one has ten, or if you have like five on one guy or something like that, but yeah. it, it puts you on the way. Yeah, certainly. Okay, hopefully this is the last good if you're playing <laughs> vampires card we ever see. Probably not, but okay. we'll we'll find out. All right, uh, Eternal Chase. Eternal Chase. Is a gambit says each fighter's move characteristic is four and cannot be modified further. Each fighter is a hunter and each fighter is a quarry. This effect persists until the end of the round. Okay, so there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Right? So if your guys are super slow or if your opponent's guys are super fast, this is a great card because it levels the playing field. And then if you're making use of the whole hunter quarry mechanics, like, you know, we were just talking about, what was the one we were just talking about? Peerless hunter, you know, that, well, there's your, there's your hunter thing right there. Or fetal hunt, well, now you're a quarry. Right. So it actually, it actually opens up a lot of other cards in conjunction, but I think just the speed thing alone is, is worth it. If you have a slow war band, you know, if you're playing, You know, any Anybody type that's of all threes, yeah. Orc. Yeah, if you're playing um Thundrix, geez, or Fire Slayers, yeah. oh everybody gets supercool uh so gets a, a everybody hunter. gets um what is it? Spectral wings, yes. Everybody gets spectral wings. Oh my, that's so, so good. Yeah. So and there are certain warbands I think. Away should... from you when you play, you well, know. yeah, I mean your opponent can do it too. Yeah, yeah. What if you're going like Fire Slayers into I don't know who's really fast all over the place, like Wild Hunts. Yeah. Southern. Yeah. I don't know who else. Fire Slayers. There's, there's a lot of guys out there. Fire Season Slayers into, into basically anything. Best you want Season 5 because of Eternal Chase. We love it. Let's go. Absolutely. All right. Great Tremors. Great Tremors. Roll five attack dice for each roll of a crit. Pick one feature token and flip it. You cannot pick the same token twice. Wow. I guess. So, so you roll five dice, you get you're gonna get statistically probably, one, uh, one on average crit, you're gonna get one, one to zero yeah. crits. So you get one, you get to flip one feature token mm-hmm. for each roll, and you might get lucky. And there's no range. Yeah. So I think that if you're trying to flip over stuff, if you're playing that kind of like disruption, I I I think you roll uh, you literally roll the dice on this card. Well, yeah, you're rolling the five dice and hoping you get one crit, and so you can remove one or flip one token. I think you use this if you're trying to flip anything. Yeah. Yep. All right. If you're flipping. Uh, another one, which also has been getting play for the exact same reason, is Mazig's Machinations. Mazig's Machinations is a gambit spell for one focus. And it says, if cast, pick one, flip each feature token within two hexes of the caster or one feature token in no one's territory or 
one opponent's territory. So we heard from, because when we were talking with Derek to do the, the Canaan's Reaper thing, we were talking about this card a little bit. He said that he's seen it like a Zarbag's Gits version of Feed the Beast Grave, where you're using the Gits to get everywhere and stand on things and flip things over. And people were using Mazig's Machinations to, to see if they can get a little cheap power phase flip. And and if you're smart with, with Zarbag, you can actually probably get two because it's each feature token within two hexes. So if you stand between two of them, you can flip them both or you can flip one clear on the other side of the, the board. Right, right. Yeah, so it's, it's weird that it it has two options you have. One, you have to have like range on them. And then the other one, there's no range. Right. So it could be in their territory or in no one's. One or the other. And then some people like to play... You know, like swift capture or whatever, where they ha- and they like intentionally place like a, yeah, or or they'll try to play, um, you know, uh, a a card that's like if you hold all the objectives in your own territory, and then they put one of theirs, they place one of theirs in no one's territory, and mm-hmm. then you can like potentially flip that or something like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, and, and uh, yeah. this card also wins the award for best flavor text. Oh, why was it say? Just a, the the flavor text is quote, "Oops, Zarsha Bittersoul." Nice. Okay, cool. So there's that one, uh, and that's all the gamuts we saw that kind of look good. But now we move on to the upgrades. Upgrades uh, again from the Canaan's uh, Canaan's Reapers expansion set, driven by envy. Driven by envy says plus one move this fighter's attack actions have plus one dice and cleave if the target is a leader that's not bad plus one plus one move already is already better yeah, than decent. great speed and then if you yeah. attack their leader you get cleave and a lot of a lot of leaders in this game have uh shields it's just a better choice than great speed yeah because you never know what you might be attacking yep cool. so yeah if cleave you want great speed that's pretty good Think about how many leaders out there Cleave would be good against. A lot. Kanan. Yeah. Malog. Crusha. Yeah, there's only a few. And usually in in the warbands where like everybody's on dodges, the leader isn't like super important. Maybe like Thorns or whatever they are, but And she's there too, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it's just we'll better see. than great speed. Yeah, you know, this could be totally this could be total you know, depending on your matchup, this could do absolutely nothing though, other than give you one movement. So you got to be careful yeah. with it. Next one, uh, inured by hunger. Inured by hunger is an upgrade that gives you a reaction. Use this during an attack action that targets this fighter. After the determined success step, if you if you do remove all of this fighter's hunger counters, reduce the damage dealt to this fighter by that attack action by the number of counters removed to a minimum of one so vampires if you got five hunger counters on a guy you can potentially you can take of... one exactly one damage yeah yeah you can get out of most hits. but it is an upgrade yeah. though so it's like you know yeah, and people know that you have it yeah. so they have to figure you're gonna do it yep but i mean i think it it's a good deterrent yep i think this is this is would you play this in your vampires build you think or would you just i, say I did plus one i played with it i played within the vanguard build oh in the vanguard okay yeah, be just because there's less to, to choose from. Okay. Uh, next one's Painful Brilliance. Painful Brilliance. 
It says, minus one dice from range three attack actions that target this fighter to a minimum of one. Minus one dice from attack actions that target this fighter instead to a minimum of one if you have the primacy token. So if you're playing primacy token control, it's a good card. If you're not, meh. Well, I mean, it's just good in, you know, if you're playing an aggro warband that's looking to get the the primacy token, then you have both defense from ranged attacks and from, and then if you have the primacy, then you get Axe. defense from any attack. Right. So I think this is fine. Again, yeah, in, in aggro, in aggro warbands that are looking to get in there and scrap you, you... It's and out of the all the cards that say your opponent gets minus one dice, this one is actually pretty good. Usually they have some like ridiculous, you know, uh, c- condition on them or whatever. Right. But this. Well, one's I mean, just, this one you is have you have the primacy, have the primacy token, token. Anybody who attacks this guy has minus one dice to a minimum of one. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you have like primacy control already built in, like if you're playing, let's say, head crackers, um, it's, it's a little bit better. Yeah. Still not amazing. But better. Um, the next one. Oh my goodness! What's the next one? Primal lunge, sir. Primal lunge time. Do it. Reaction after an activation. Discard the primacy token. If you do, this fighter makes one move action or attack action. Then discard this card. So it's so it's a it's an upgrade, but it acts like ready for action. But instead of putting an upgrade on the guy, because that's what ready for action was. You need to just discard the primacy token, which you might just get back and by discard. taking an attack and killing something. Yeah. You need to discard the primacy token and this card at, at the same time. Yeah, I guess so. so. But yeah, I mean, any, After the act, any yeah, card yeah. that gets... It's a, it's a pretty hefty cost. You know, you have to spend a glory mm-hmm. to put this on them and then discard the primacy token and the upgrade card to do it. But, you know, everybody knows yeah. that attacking out of sequence is... Oh, it's awesome. the best, and it's at, and oh, yeah. it's important that it says after an activation. So it could be like their activation where they go and attack you and miss or whatever. Then you you attack them, or you have the guy charge. Then he can just attack again. But you have to have the primacy token at the time of the reaction window. Uh, silent shield. The silent shield is a silent relic. This fighter is has the same. This fighter is a quarry. If this fighter is a quarry and in no one's territory, their defense characteristic is two shield. This this fighter is on guard if this fighter has three or more silent relics. So this one, this one's kind of weird because you have to be in no one's territory and you have to have three silent relics. I believe the other ones all say two, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, like if the you're... silent ring says yeah, if, if you have two. Yeah, so you have to have three with this one, which is kind of awkward. Right. But if you're teching into it, if you're Voltroning something with Silent Relics, this is like a huge defensive boost in that particular build. Well, it it's kind of restrictive in the fact that you have to be in no one's territory, which could be theoretically only four hexes yeah, but on the just, board. But I assume that if you're Voltroning something with a bunch of Silent Relics, you're probably going to get to three, and yeah. now you're just not guard. Permanently on. So is that worth it, it's you think, having a conditional... Upgrade only can... in only in that build. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't put this card in by itself. Certainly not. But if you're if you're taking into silent stuff, yes. Okay. The next one is soundless step. Oh boy. Which says reaction after this fighter's activation, push this fighter one hex. Right. We were talking about this with Derek in in the in the Canaan's Reapers thing because he had it in his one of his decks. 
and he was talking about how you get the double the double push after after an attack or after an activation basically because one uh because duelist speed is after an attack and then sound the step is after the activation so they have different windows mm-hmm. so you could conceivably just kind of like dance around the board with uh with your range two with cannon yep pretty good yeah uh i i could also see that in a lot of the other range two john wick kind of characters so something with you know uh, uh yeah uh, uh morgwaith would probably love that and duelist speed together right right anybody with yeah. anybody with range two Malog. anybody with range two who jumps in enemy territory and starts killing stuff yeah sepsimus used to do that a lot with him yeah i can see sepsimus killing because then you know if nope. you if you if you have range two and then you're able to push yourself one mm-hmm. after you attack you yeah, have like a, a huge amount of your your you become threatening to like every model in their territory almost. Oh yeah. This and then strong. with a couple other, you know, with maybe a sidestep or something like that, you can clear out their whole team sometimes without yep. charging. Right. Exactly. And 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 to be able to make multiple attacks without charging is kind of the dream end game scenario for yep. a lot of warbands. Uh, the next one that we have is the, the last one is Wicked Lash, which we think is a little sneaky good. Wicked Lash is an attack action upgrade that's range two for two swords and one damage, and it says plus one dice and damage if this fighter has one or more wound counters, plus mm-hmm. one dice and damage if the target has one or more wound counters. So let's just remind everybody the numbers of that before we move on. So, range so that means two. that. Two swords. It's a range two. One damage. If you have if you have a wound characteristic that is a range two, three swords, two damage. If your opponent has one, it's the same thing. And if you both have one, it's a range two, four fury, three damage attack. Yeah. If it's pumped up as much That's as it can nuts, be. Yeah. So I think I was thinking like this would actually be pretty crazy on Slake Slash. Yeah, because he would range probably one. take a damage. Yeah, and um, I could see because they, you know, they they want to collect wound tokens anyway, and just and and just something that's like a little bit beefier, so that you know, taking a damage here or there is not really like a big deal. But it might even be good on like tiny little guys. You know, you run them through a lethal on their way in or something like that, and you know, now they're down to one. But who cares? Because you know, everybody's got a range. Everybody's got a damage to uh, attack now anyway. So um, I I just see it being a little sneaky good if if you're good at kind of like manufacturing the situations. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, like okay. when you're choosing upgrades for your, you know, attack action upgrades, there are a lot of good ones now. So we'll see if this one ends mm. up popping up anywhere, but it has good potential. I don't know. Yeah, take a look at it. Take a look at it in particular. Big uh, time potential. Cool. So uh, card awards for the Cadence Reapers Universals. Unintentionally sexual card name. We actually have a lot of them here. Let's see what what we like. Uh, Primal Assertion. Absolutely. Primal Lunge, of course. Proud Commander. If you're into that, you know, Dom Sub stuff. Uh, Sated Hunger. That's more for like kind of at the end of the session. Great Tremors. Hopefully you get some great tremors. And then uh, if you're into BDSM, Wicked Lash. Yep. Uh, what do you like there, Randall? What's your favorite? Primal Lunge. 
Primal Lunge, that's the one that you're into? I think Primal Lunge, just because I want to see a double award winner this evening, because we're going to go to the Tome of Offering Awards, and this is the card you buy the expansion for. That means that it's like, why do you have to buy the Kanan's Reapers if you're not going to play Kanan's Reapers? Because which two cards are in it? We got Primal Lunge, and I think Soundless Step would be the other one that's like really, really good. Yep, feeling those two. So let's give it a Primal Lunge, just so the Primal Lunge is a double winner. Uh, the next one we have, the next award, is the Paradox Armor Award. And this is the the just the absolute shittiest card. It's just, why would anybody play this? And we have decided to give this to a card called Tale of Victory. So Tale of Victory, it it it, it, it you have to read it. I had to read it twice, because it's weird. It's a six... Six glory objective in the third right. end phase. So e. Score this in the third end phase if each surviving fighter is a friendly hunter. So you have to completely so, wipe out your opponent. Right. And you already won't play Annihilation because nobody plays Annihilation. Yeah. And then everybody that's still alive on your side has to be a hunter. So if you're playing Headcrackers, you have to kill everybody, and and Headcracker himself has to be dead. Yeah. Or have something that makes him a hunter. Yeah. Or you have to be playing Rippas and kill the entire enemy team. Which happens. That that does happen. Um, but 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 you but not not often enough that you're gonna put in Annihilation. So why would you put in Tale of Victory? Yeah. Right. Okay. As far as the aggressive defense award, which. Honestly, we're, we're, we might have to retire this award because they've been getting so much better about writing and making the wording of the cards better. So I let's see what happens in season five if they get even better at it. We we thought maybe Sanity Siphon. Sanity Siphon we're, is we're a Sanity ploy. Siphon. And it says reaction. Play this after an enemy fighter's trap. move action. Oh, it's a, it is a trap. The, yeah. Not like that means anything. It no. says play this after an enemy fighter's move action made as part of a charge action roll one magic dice on a roll of a channel choose one friendly fighter that could be the target of that attack fighters attack actions the enemy fighter must target the chosen fighter with the attack action made as part of their charge action so they have to charge so it's a 50 50 chance yeah and they have to charge in such a way where they could attack somebody else right and then you roll a magic dice, and you have to roll a channel, and maybe and then they, they attack then whoever to... the the other guy you chose, I guess, which is all right, sure, very weird. I, I don't. It's difficult to understand. It's also difficult to understand why anybody would use it. Yep. Also, could be in the paradox armor award. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. that's where we're true, going. True, to. true, true, true. Yeah. Okay, so those, so that's the the universals for Kanan's Reapers, and now we're going to get into. The Silent Menace card pack. Now, this was a pack kind of like, you know, the Power Unbound pack that was just a bunch of universals. And, of course, there's a few good ones in it because, you know, they want you to buy it. They don't They don't make the cards too bad in there because they don't want you to skip that one. Right. Well, I mean, when we get to the Arena Mortis 2 one, we're going to be like, I guess we're buying it for the board. Okay. There, there's some good cards in there. We'll get to it later. Silent Menace card pack. Back to the beginning, Randall. But let's get these let's get these going because I want to finish I want to finish season four before yeah, season we five drops. This. We're, we're we're almost on pace to we're get it done. We're almost done. I know. They put so Silent much. Menace. They put so much goddamn shit out this this for this season. Oh my god! And it's it such is a unbelievable quick succession. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, you know, like we had that little section, like in the late winter, early spring where we, you and I weren't really able to do any yeah. of these, you know, but, uh, we're way behind. We're catching up, but, but we're making it happen. I'm proud of us. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get there. All right. So the first one is we saw one called Demolish the Competition, which looked Dem- a little. Demolish the Opposition. Not bad. Yeah. Opposition. What did I say? You said competition. Oh, sorry. So the next one is called Demolish the Opposition, which yeah, de- we thought was pretty good. Demolish the Opposition is an objective that says hybrid. Score this in the third end phase if there are no enemy fighters in enemy territory or there is. No more than one surviving enemy fighter. So this is the okay. third end phase uh, aggro win the game card. Yeah. I feel as though the fact that it says or saves this card. If it says and. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That would be real Forget bad. it. Like not even not even worth it. But yeah. or. Hmm. Because it could just be that you're playing the entire game in their territory. Like you just kind of rush them in and just make sure that. That's where the game is being played. Yep. Or you could just be very effective at killing things. So, yeah, it's kind of like Annihilation, but it has, like, the failsafe in it where if you don't kill, if you you leave one of their guys alive, you still get it. You're you're spending two glory in the end to make it totally doable. Sure. Yeah. You want to look, okay, so Annihilation is five, but then this one's three, so you're... But it's much simpler. Yeah, yeah. Much more But that's likely. what you're saying, you're losing out on two, just to have yeah. it be easier to score. Okay. But that makes it playable. Yeah, so, I mean, it again, it's a third end phase card, which is awkward if you draw it before the third end phase. Um, You know, in your opening hand, this is going to be pretty bad. But, you know, nowadays yeah. with aggro warbands, a lot of times you could kill basically all but one fighter and still lose uh yeah on glory count so this helps put you over the the hump there with the extra three right at the end and if we think about it there's been a pretty pretty long tradition of third end phase three glory cards you know like superior tactics i know like nexus of terror it was a nexus of terror or there's one for the Banshees. I forget the name off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but there was one where, like, you know, Superior you had tactician more was the, objective the scored than your opponent or something like that. And that was also three. So there's been there's been a lot of good ones like that. Um, but this one this one gives you two outs. Mm-hmm. And so if you think you have the killeriest aggro on the table at the time, this might be worth playing. Yeah. So the. The next one we had is one called Impending Doom. Impending Doom is a surge. Score this immediately after an activation if one or more enemy fighters are adjacent to two or more friendly fighters. Now, I don't think this is a great card, but I have played it a little bit. And I do think it's good for any warband where cuddling is like part of it. So if you have thorns... Uh, if you have anything that like moves outside of their activation, so ghosts of all kinds, really, Ban- banshees can do it sometimes. You know, with the uh, with the Lady Harrow movement, yeah. and um, you can have or gets uh, the, the creepers for serious. Yep. Yeah. Anybody that can set this up, 
easily. Yeah. Like if you're just Reapers. relying on your opponent to move and you're moving in activations, then it's not good. But if you have ways to move outside of the activation phase, like yeah, like thorns or any uh, you know um, gits or kinens reapers in your deck, yeah. Then you can set it up really easily, and it's a surge. So it's after you know you do your activation, and you know you Varklov or something like that. You just get it. It could be a, after your opponent's activation too. It's true. Seems. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Be yours. Yeah. So th- there's some play in it. If it wasn't a surge, yeah, yeah. It would, if it, it wasn't yeah, a surge, yeah, forget yeah, it. It would be yeah. awesome. We wouldn't even be talking terrible, about it. I mean, yeah. Marshall Adept. Marshall Adept says hybrid score this in. An end phase if one or more friendly fighters each have two or more attack action upgrades or one or more friendly fighters each have three or more upgrades. So, if you're Voltroning. Yeah. I don't know about the two yeah, attack action upgrades part. Why would you need to do that? Yeah, well, I guess if you're I mean, playing, like, combo stuff. Yeah. But nobody does that. So, I think it's more the second stipulation. Orchestrated kill. We... we thought it was okay. So Orchestrated Kill says Surge, score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action if the friendly fighter had one or more supporting fighters. I like that it says one or more and not two or more because if it was two or more, forget it's not happening. But one or more. And don't forget if you have supporting fighters that makes your attack more accurate so you're more likely to for it to go through. Does depend on killing something, which I I always like to kind of shy away from if there's better stuff out there. But I, I think you know if you're if if impending doom looked good for you, orchestrated kill probably looks good for you too. Yeah, I mean it's not the best card, but it's you know if if you're going for the the swarming and you know doubling down on having supports like you have like the mm-hmm. plus one dice plus one damage if you're supported stuff like that, this is fits right in there. Sure. And it's a surge, which is nice. Yeah, and it's it, it if again, it's just if that's a thing that you're looking for. All right, the next one we see here is Promise of Destruction. Okay, Promise of Destruction says, score this in an end phase if there are one or more persisting gambits. All right, so there's a lot more of those in the game now than there were, and I, I think I was playing this with my with a vampire build that just had a lot of persisting gambits in it. I was just like, oh, there's like four persistent gambits in here. I might as well throw this card in. And, and I did. And I scored it pretty well. You just have to be careful because it says till the end of the round. The, the persistent gambit has to continue to the end of the round. So it's there during the scoring phase, scoring yeah. um, window. Right. Because there are Cause some there that are say like... Yeah, there are a couple that say the like phase. until they well or until they do an attack or something like that. So you have to have ones that f- finish in the end in the at the end of the round. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. think that's good. Just just check to see if you have a lot of them. It might be a good one glory end phase card if you happen to have that tech in sure. your deck. And also like yeah. if you if you let's say you're playing with several persists until the end of the round gambits, but you don't happen to draw any your opponent could score this for you. Right. Because it doesn't say that it has to be controlled by you. It's just if, if there are if there are one or more persisting gambits. So And there are a few and again, there are a few good ones that are getting a lot of play right now. Yeah. So it is possible that you just might get lucky on that. Yeah. But of course you always want to make it take it upon yourself. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um so the next one is called Stinging Strike. 
Stinging Strike is a Surge. Score this immediately after an activation in which a friendly fighter's range 3 attack action was successful if that was your first activation in this round. Okay. So there's one big negative to this is that you only have three opportunities to score this. Right. Because it's the first activation of every round. But there are some warbands where maybe you take this. There are some warbands where you could score this on the first activation of the game. Right. So, I I mean, Thundrix comes to mind. Miari's. Anything with Miari's, yeah. Anything with, like, reliable range attacks. It has to be successful. That's the, that's that's probably the hardest part because yeah. yeah, it has to be the first activation yeah. of the round and it has to be successful. So, you you probably wouldn't want to play this in like gits or something like that. You know where you no, have like two have two dice or whatever. But if yeah, you have like reliable. um uh Snailia or whatever, she she has like four dice or or range four and hits yeah. on hammers and stuff like that. If you have a Kyrie like, like Kyrie, yeah, yeah. Especially when she's inspired. Specific warbands can make good use of this and jump ahead on glory, you know, and start rolling upgrades out and drawing cards right away. Mm-hmm. So this is a really cool card. I like this one. Let Let's move on to gambits. Gambits. So uh, the first one that we liked, g- God gambit. <laughs> the first one that we liked was hypnotic buzz. Hypnotic buzz says choose one enemy fighter within two hexes of one or more friendly fighters. Push the chosen fighter one hex. Any any direction. We have distraction. It's bad distraction, but it's just not as good as distraction. Yeah. Just because of the range issue. But nightmare in the shadows was the exact same thing, and they had to restrict that. Right. So yeah, nightmare in the shadows is. The carbon copy of distraction, but it's restricted and it's going to rotate when season five right. comes out. I, I don't see this necessarily being a problem. I don't think that they're going to have to restrict this card because I think that it is a little bit more balanced. I, I because of the, you know, the stipulation. It might just be like better card design on their part, realizing oh we shouldn't have given them the exact same thing because that's very strong to have two of those. Here's one that's not quite as good, but I was using this a little bit in a creeper's deck, and um, because they they creep closer to you, and so it was a little bit easier. Well, so, yeah, with the creepers, you want them to be closer to you, so you can. Well, you inspire. want them to be like two away. Yeah. You want to, you want them to be three away, then the patrician to push them two away, have them inspire before the activation, then poke a guy, and then use this card to throw him into a lethal. Yeah. So if you were playing a deck that was good with Distraction and Nightmare in the Shadows. Now you replace Nightmare in the Shadows with Hypnotic Buzz, even though it's not quite as good, but... I'm going forwards. It's yeah. just a bounce, more any, bounce version. Any that card that card. lets you push your op- opponent's fighters one hex in any direction is worth looking at and worth playing with, yeah. even even if it has Absolutely. a weird condition on it, yeah. Because that's just such Absolutely. a powerful effect in this game. Moving on, a card that... I don't know if it's like the best, but we have to mention it because it has two really strong effects, and that's Maddening Drone. Okay, so Maddening Drone says, choose one enemy fighter, that fighter's player picks one, give that fighter one move token, or that fighter is uninspired and cannot be inspired. If they pick the latter, this effect persists until the end of the round or until the fighter is taken out of action. When this effect ends, the chosen fighter is inspired. So it's kind of like... Promise of Distraction gets scored. 
Yeah, yeah. So you, yes. you, you make them uninspired, and they can't be inspired until the end of the round. Then they get inspired if you don't kill them. Your opponent's going to see the situation and go like, okay, do I, which one of these is better for me? And they're going to pick that one. They're both strong. I think that I think giving the move token is like a stronger one. So I think in most cases, your opponent's going to be like, oh, I don't want a move token. I'd rather be able to do something. I'd rather be uninspired to the end of the round and get inspired later. So, so that's why I don't think this is a great card. Cause I think that most of the time players are going to pick the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but it is very situational. And of course, it's always good to give your opponent a tough choice. I, yeah. I think that the more tough choices you can present to your opponent, the easier it is for you to win games in general. Manning drone is interesting. I don't know if it like deserves a spot. Yeah, we thought it was just an interesting, interesting card. card worth talking about. It was just interesting. It was worth ta- worth mentioning. Yeah, if you can, um, if you the, can let us know if you come up with a good way to use this. I, I was thinking, like, you know, either they become uninspired, and then, they like, if you play it on somebody who gets better defense when they're inspired, mm-hmm. that will, yeah. you know, obviously lower their defense, defense right before you attack them. Or if you, get, if you give them a move token, and then you hit them with, like, a soul tooth weapon, then you get a buff from that. So, right. pretty cool card. Uh, Interesting card. I think so. The, the next one's called Membranous Wings. Membranous Wings says, plus two move to the next friendly fighter to make a charge action. This effect persists until after the next friendly fighter's charge action. Okay, so that's interesting, because that could actually be next round. Yeah, sure. Right, so you can play it at the very end of the round. You have your persisting effect for, you know, if you want to if you want to score promise of destruction. And then and then you can like wait until the next round until the next time you make a charge. Or you could just kind of use it like spectral wings. Uh-huh. Or you could bluff with it, you could play it and then not charge to kind of mess charge with right your away. opponent. Yeah. Uh not mm-hmm. charge right away is what I mean. Yeah, or you can use yeah, it yeah. in in certain uh objectives that like require you to play a certain amount of card. Like let's say you're not planning on charging in the next round but you have an objective in your hand that says like play three power cards in one action phase or in in one uh, or power phase. exchange or something yeah, yeah. so you can kind of use it preemptively yeah. to 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 stack up something and score so pretty interesting, interesting card i'd say okay. probably spectral wings is just better but this is just uh yeah, an interesting cuz you usually don't want to play it until right well that's another thing like what if a guy plays one of those cards where it's like you can't attack this guy until because the soul raid has one of those. It's like you can't attack this guy. This next oh, round, true, next true, activation. True. Yeah, yeah. They could or like, there's one like, well, like like Dwarden resist resilience or whatever it is. Right, the right. the one where it's like you can you can attack me, but next activation, but I'm only going to take one. Sure. Yeah. Or Nagor's uh, have like the blood slick ground or whatever, where you can only like move one know. in the next. Right? Don't they have something like that, Magors? Something like that. Yeah. So, so this is good in those situations. Right, right. But the only thing is that you must charge with this one. You can't just move with it. Yeah. So better better if you're playing a little bit more aggro just because you're more likely to be trying to charge things. Yep. Yep. All right. Next one is uh, Spirit Comb. Spirit which I Comb. Which used a little bit in the, in the Reaper's, uh, the Lost Pages version. This one says, choose one friendly fighter, heal one, or heal two if that fighter has three or more upgrades. Yeah. So if you're Voltroning, yep. you got any, anything, heal two is real good. 
Yep. And it's important on those big, you know, six wound fighters to have some sort of healing a lot of times because if they die, they you give up two. Yeah, uh, especially glory. if that's like your whole game plan. Sure. You know, I need Kanan to be alive so the lost pages are on him at the end. Well, then he should probably stay alive, shouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, we then saw this little suite of swarming cards. We have Strength of the Swarm, Swarming Advance, and Swarming Strike. Yeah. And these all have to do with, like, they seem to have a couple of these cards in this expansion that sort of juice up the warbands that have, like, seven or more models or six or more models, whatever. And Mm -hmm. a lot of these are pretty nice, but the one we want to talk about is Swarming Advance, right? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think all oh, of them all are... Of them? Okay. Are oh, yeah, yeah, you're like, right. You're well, right you're I mean, right, just, just right. real quick. Okay, Strength of the Swarm. They're good for anything that cuddles, basically. Strength of the Swarm says, plus one dice to the next attack action made by a friendly fighter if the attacker has one or more supporting fighters. In addition, plus one damage to the next attack action made by a friendly fighter if the attacker has two or more supporting fighters. And this effect persists until the next attack action made by a friendly fighter. So it's similar to that other one. Uh, yeah, member the swings um, where it sticks around swings, for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that basically, what that means is you play this, and then the next guy to attack, if he's supported by one, he gets another dice. If he has two supporting, he he doesn't. He does plus one dice and damage. So, and then of course, if he's supported, there's more like more likelihood that the attack will will be a success. Right, because so you're getting more you're... dice, and you have more sides of the dice that are successful. Yeah, so it, it's good in those horde war bands or anything where they're they're cuddling. So like creepers or thorns or uh, reapers or maybe even lizard men. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of possibility here. I don't think it's like a great card. I think it's good in particular builds. But uh, take a look at it if that's something that you're looking into. You know, swarming advance kind of would help you out with that. Definitely. No, you you have to read it because we haven't read it. Swarming yet. advance. Choose one friendly fighter in enemy territory. Push up to two other friendly fighters one hex so that they are closer to the chosen fighter. So it's important that one of your fighters has to already be in enemy territory. Then you get to do the push towards them. Right, but it's an action economy thing, and you could help you to set up the, um, you know, some sort of support situation. Oh, sure, definitely, yeah. You could yeah. you could set up and, for a, a, a nice attack by doing this. Right. And then and then Swarming Strike. So Swarming Strike says the first friendly fighter to make an attack action in the next activation is considered to have one additional supporting fighter. So that stacks really well with the other ones. Right. Which is why I think like I think they're meant to be played all three of them in the same deck. You certainly could. Yeah. And this is nice for and you that- know juicing up the the warbands that have a lot of fighters and making their smaller guys a lot more effective right and that actually helps you with stuff like uh like orchestrated kill uh maybe impending doom if you know like you miss you still have the guys kind of standing there so there's uh i think that those kind of like all there's like a through line between all those cards yep uh just interesting to look at uh I, I I wonder if there's some sort of like deck build where it's based on just getting supports everywhere and just increasing your uh, accuracy that way. Mm-hmm. You would need a lot of fighters, though. 
Yep. Or maybe just that damn fish. Yeah. Well, the problem with yeah. that is, you know, you have you have a lot of fighters. They all have to be moved into the correct position, and then you have to also have these cards that let you cash in on having more supporting fighters. So it can be a little. I difficult. know there's. I know there's some pilots out there that would totally be able to do this. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. High skill ceiling. Oh yeah. Oh certainly. All right. The next one we had that's been getting a lot of already getting a lot of play is Symbiote's Call. Symbiote's Call says, pick one feature token within one hex of one or more friendly fighters, then pick one. Flip that token or push one friendly fighter one hex so that they are in the same hex as that token. So a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. It, it, you, could, you could either flip an enemy objective token that they're trying to hold. You know, if you're close to them, like maybe you attack them, but you didn't kill them or push them off, you can flip it under them so they don't score for having it or you can play it in a uh, like a flex warband where you put your own guy on an objective with yeah, a card instead of moving greaves. yeah the only thing is you have to be really close to the the feature token to do it mm -hmm. so just keep that in mind yep and then flip i mean the flipping is not going to be super good for you know once season five comes out unless they put another type of feed the beast grave card in there but i think just the moving a fighter on is good enough and then flipping theirs just to screw them out of holding something is pretty nice too yeah. and you could screw with their uh, um oh yeah hidden purpose hidden but purpose. that's going away right but yeah if, if you're trying to play if they're trying to play hidden purpose that's after an activation right you have it has to be after after an activation it's so after could, their activation yeah. yeah so you could You'd have to kind this. of sniff it out and use it before that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so those are the gambits that we saw. And we just have a few upgrades to talk about from the Silent Menace pack. Uh, the first one we saw, I mean, come on, augmented limbs, sir. Everybody is using augmented limbs all over the place. Except says, for Thundrix. Okay. It says, this fighter is a quarry. If this fighter is a quarry, this fighter's range one attack actions have plus one dice. Right. So it makes you a quarry and gives your big slappy guy an extra dice. Banshees love this. Yeah. Crushes I think the fact this. that it makes your guy a quarry is this. actually more important than getting the dice plus a the lot quarry. of times. It, it, it depends on how you tech it. Yeah. Because and and then of course if you if you have this what was that one where like if you're a quarry and you kill something, uh the the uh, feudal hunt yeah right if if you you kill something and the friendly quarry the friendly fighter is a quarry uh -huh. I you know it, it's cards like this that make that other card worth using yeah that make augmented limbs worth using all right um we also saw uh the the chitin scimitar and chitin spear which we thought were decent. Um, what did these say? Yeah, they're here? pretty nice. So, so Chitin Scimitar is an attack action upgrade that's one range, three swords, two damage with cleave. And it says, if you roll no successes, you can reroll one dice in the attack roll. And then the spear mm -hmm. is, it has that same, it has that same reroll no dice, no reroll dice there. if you have no successes, but it's two range, two smash, two damage. So I, I don't think that these are anything like flashy and like super, you know, great, obviously. But 
they're just super reliable and i think if you're sitting with uh with a warband that has like a lot of dinky guys where this makes their you know attack profile better it might be worth doing yeah these are perfect to put yeah. on your little crap guys that do one damage with their attack or do two damage but have very low accuracy the scimitar gets cleave you know yeah, i'm I mean, just cleave like is... how many how many times have you rolled a three dice attack to just roll like three supports and you're just like ah yeah it's it's i mean yeah even that that scimitar is decent on its own and then it has that extra little thing where if you just completely miss then you get to re-roll one which is yeah i I think it's pretty nice love it it's not amazing yeah but it's but they're, they're they're not flashy but they but they seem solid yeah Another one that we saw that we didn't think was amazing but might have some play in a control deck would be Extruded Snare. So Extruded Snare is an attack action upgrade. Three range, three dice on swords for one damage. If this attack action succeeds, give the target one move token, then discard this card. So I think that if you're doing like a deck where you're putting a bunch of stuff like this together, like maybe you're doing like Soultooth Net or something like that, and like the point is to do this, to like have the, the the opponent you know just poo poo on their plans maybe you put this in but only if that's like the point of your deck otherwise i don't really see it being used mm-hmm. it's interesting that you can give like any fighter on your team the ability to control movement you know one time during of, the game of another fighter yeah yeah if you're trying to you know hold objectives or something like that you can keep one guy out and you can sort of place it wherever you feel it's needed you know on the left side of the board on the right side you know it, it's it's interesting. Whoever's available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one that I've used a little bit, it, it, again, it was in the Canaan Reapers Lost Pages build, is Savage Soldier. Savage Soldier. I like this one. So this says, this fighter has the following cumulative benefits determined by how many upgrades they have. So this if you have counts two... as the first one, by the way. Savage yeah, this Soldier, counts as one upgrade. on there, yeah. you just need one other one. So okay, if you have anything. two upgrades total you get plus one dice to this fighter's range one attack actions and if the and then if already you have, augmented limbs right so if you have this okay. and one other card you have augmented limbs but you're not a quarry whatever okay and no. then if you have four upgrades including can't this all one, be perfect yeah this fighter's attack actions have cleave and ensnare yo yeah Moltron builds want this yep especially if you have Definitely, range yeah. one like cr- like a crushes voltron build yeah, if oh, you're yeah. already building Voltron, the conditions are not e- non-existent. Basically, you know, having three upgrades plus this is not that difficult to do, and then you're getting more dice and, uh, you know, defense nullification. It depends on what you're trying to do, though. Like, you you need to be in a situation, especially where, like, like so the Canaan Reapers deck, like, you know, yeah, his big axe is two, but his scything attack was range one, right. And already had three dice on smashes or something like that. So I think when it when it was uh, it, I don't know if it was three. It was that was I think when it was in when he was inspired. Anyway, so so I was getting the one dice on that as long as I did that particular attack, and then just getting cleaving and snare on all of your attacks eventually is nuts. At range t- at range two. You know, if you have enough on them at that time. So it, it definitely was a very good card. Well, yeah, you got to remember and... that just certain people like Malag and Kynan, even though they have 
their regular attack is range two, sometimes they have a alternate attack that is range one. Cleave end and snare on a tooled up Molog. Get out of here. Yeah, that's great. Cleave and snare. Or on Kanan too. Duelist speed, soundless step, great strength. And uh, what's his on, name? On, on Sepsimus has that too, right? Yeah, Sepsimus definitely. Sepsimus has a two uh, range, and then when he's inspired, he has a scything. That's range one. Yeah, that's true. All right, and then, of course, we, we would be remiss to talk about the Silent Menace pack without talking about the Silent Armor and the Silent Ring. So let's talk about these. So the Silent Armor says, you know, this fighter is a quarry, whatever. Uh, reaction, after this fighter's move action, remove all guard tokens from enemy fighters adjacent to this fighter. And then plus one wounds if this fighter has two or more silent relics. Yes, sir. So first of all, I had to get... Because I saw this and I'm like, wait a minute. Does that mean that if you charge somebody with a guard token, you remove their guard token before you attack? And we found uh, out it and... does in fact work like that. I, I I got the I got the okay from the Davy Calkins of the What the Hex podcast, friend of the show, and if he's you know he's appeared on on on, on ours uh, when we did the Rippers, and I I just got to say if he says it's it's good I, I believe him, so I say this, and also I was looking up the thing about the the charge action. It, it is a move and then an attack action. That's specifically what it says on page twenty four. So that means that the move action happens first, then the attack action happens later. And it says very specifically, after the fighter's move action, remove the guard token, then you would attack after that. So you basically get... Scion's armor gets you through a guard token and removes the guard token. And on top of that, you're a quarry. And on top of that, you get plus one wounds if you have another silent relic on there. So if you're doing the silent you know, relic suite... Uh, this is definitely one you want to throw in there. Randall, Silent Ring. The Silent Ring. Uh, this fighter is a quarry. Reaction, after this fighter's activation, if you have three or fewer power cards in your hand, draw one power card. And then plus one dice to this fighter's range one attack actions if this fighter has two or more Silent Relics. The drawing Ooh, cards thing is, is crazy. Oof, yeah, crazy. So, so like you play this out you put this out onto a guy and you play one other card. Now you can draw a card because it's three or less. After they do anything. Yeah, so yeah. they can move, they can attack, they can go on guard, they can charge. You draw a card. It's like the easiest way to draw cards in, in the game it, pretty it, much. And it also, it's a little bit of setup, but there's no like negative to it, is there? No, you don't have to like right? discard or anything. Yes, yeah, so no, no, normally it would be like, oh, draw and discard a card objective. or something. Yeah. Right, you don't have to give your opponent a card. You don't have to spend any glory. Just have to kind of be there. Yep, that's pretty good. And then the um, the, the extra dice on range one attack actions is great. Also, you know when you're stacking two or more it up silent, with... yeah, two or more silent relics. Yeah, and and so if you're playing if you're playing the sweet, I think this is the first one you throw yeah. in there. Silent Jeez. relics are really good, and and the other it's it's like efficient if you can get them both out because like if if you have if you have two silent relics on the same guy, then you're getting two of the like bespoke upgrades, and then you're getting two bonus ones. So it's like you have almost it's almost like you're playing mm -hmm. three upgrades for the cost of two. Yeah, they really stack. Yeah, but you would need to definitely have you need to have like one really beefy guy to begin with in your warband. Yeah, I think to 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 make it super viable. 
or somebody just who's just hard to take down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that. Card words, unintentionally sexual card name. Man, I I couldn't. They're think making of it hard for I, us on this. Is one. so silent ring probably not right? Like, is that? No, like I don't know. I don't know what that means. Some sort of orifice. No. No, but I feel like I'm no. reaching when I do these. Yeah. So the only one that we thought was okay was augmented limbs. Like maybe you have a collection of toys. Weird. Um, but that's the best we could do on this one. Tome of Offering was a word that card you buy the expansion for. I think also goes to either uh, augmented limbs or silent ring. Yeah, silent ring. The silent ring is definitely one of the best, if not the best, silent relic. And augmented limbs Absolutely. is just so good in so many different builds. So if you if you want to buy this this pack. I think if you want to buy this pack, you either want it you you want it for. It's almost good for almost every warband because you know if you're Voltroning, stacking on one guy, the silent relics are good and the augmented limbs are good. And if you're playing like a high model count warband, then all that swarming stuff is good too. A lot of good stuff in this one. I think this one's worth buying. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. Paradox armor award, shittiest card. Uh, we decided to give this to something called Forbidding Strike. Forbidding Strike is an objective. It says Surge Duel. Score this immediately after an attack action in which a friendly fighter's attack action took an enemy fighter out of action. If that was the first activation in this round, that enemy fighter was holding an objective. Ah, that's so like yeah. Th- uh, this is even worse than I thought. Horrifyingly bad. Yeah, it was. Oh no, never mind. It's your first activation. Okay. Your first activation of the round. That means that you, you're you not killing anybody on an objective in the first round. It's impossible. Because nobody's standing on one. Except and you can't if, kill if you're playing yeah. against the head crackers that like creeps up at the beginning. Oh, which, true, yeah. Which like, is unlikely. Would, yeah, but that's like And you're not going to one-shot them with anybody. Then you have the first activation of round two and the first activation of round three, where they might not even want to stand on an objective and then you might have no chance to do this one. It is worth two, but honestly it should be worth like four. Yeah. 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 This is so hard to to be playable. Yeah. Two is so hard to do. Yes. I mean, you could distract a guy onto one or you can, you know, slide one under a fighter and then target the fighter. But then on top of that, your attack has to be successful and kill them. Yes. Ugh. The other one was way better. The one where you uh, just do an attack in the first round that it succeeds. Yeah, that even that one's not that great. Yeah. Because that's only three opportunities to do it. Anyway, Forbidding Strike, total crap. The Aggressive Defense Award for most confusing. Again, they're doing so much better with this. I don't. We, we, we just decided not to hand out this award because there were, we couldn't see anything that was super confusing. We're going to have to retire this award. We might have to in the next uh, in the next season they're because they're, too, doing, they're getting too uh, smart. This stuff down. Well, it's about time, you know, yeah. because there was a lot of confusion early yeah, guys, on. We need a lot remember, of FAQs. You know, in season one and two, they'd come out with an FAQ and it'd be like six pages of just explaining yeah. text on the card. Right. That was written poorly before. And they used to not they have keywords. Yeah. Yeah. They used to try to get cute with what they were writing and like try some like weird fringe thing. But now they're just like keeping everything like just like really chill, but they're still being pretty imaginative about what to do with, with the, the stuff. And they're using design space that uh, is available to them. And I think that they're doing a good job, but it's making it really hard for us to get this award out because things are totally figure outable now, but good on them for that. It should be an award that gets, uh, that gets retired. Anyway, 
Randall, how you feeling? This is good. All right, we did it. This will be our our penultimate, you know, supplemental episode. I hope we don't have to do this in the next season because we'll have more time. Yep. And yeah, so for Battle for Salvation, this is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall. It's late. And we'll see you all next time. All right.